This morning we continue with, the, with our look at words of life with two readings this morning. The first of these is from the book of Proverbs, starting in the third chapter, the fifth and sixth verses. Um, I invite you to follow along in your own Bibles if you like, and I'll be reading from the contemporary English Bible, so the words may be slightly different, but that's all right. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own intelligence. Know him in all your paths, and he will keep your ways straight. And then our second lesson this morning from the prophet Isaiah follows along with this theme. God is indeed my salvation. I will trust and won't be afraid. Yah, the Lord, is my strength and my shield. He has become my salvation. Now, over the last few weeks, we've been drawing inspiration from the hymn, Wonderful Words of Life. And we've looked at several of the life-giving words that are a part of what it means for us to be followers of Christ, part of what it means for us to be church. So far, we have explored love and mercy and grace. We have talked about how those words are not only words about what is expected of us, but they are also words about the very nature of God. God loves us. God shows us mercy. God extends to us grace. And we, in turn, extend each of those out into the rest of the world. This week, we turn to the idea of trust. Now, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, to trust is to believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone, or to have faith or confidence in someone. To trust in someone is to put our fears to rest and to be assured that they will follow through. To place our trust in someone is to believe we will be kept safe. To trust in someone is to know that they will always be honest and true in their dealings with us. As we can see, trust is intimately tied to the idea of faith. In fact, we sometimes use the two words interchangeably. We speak of having faith in another person's honesty. We speak of faith that someone will follow through. We speak of faith in the system. We speak of faith that everything will turn out okay. We use all of these as a way of speaking of trust. And this is where the two-way nature of this idea comes in for us. One reason that we can trust in God is because God remains faithful. God has shown us faithfulness over and over again. Even when we fail to remain faithful, God remains true. Our holy scriptures, the story of God's relationship with us, with humanity, this is full of examples of God's faithfulness. And our texts today are no exception. The book of Proverbs is set up as a collection of teachings for a good life. 
It is presented as wisdom to be listened to and followed. In particular, it is written as if a parent were instructing a child in the ways of the world and trying to pass on all the wisdom that the child will need in order to be ready for their own place in the world. Here in the third chapter of Proverbs, we are told to trust in God rather than relying on our own insight. In this, we are reminded of God's faithfulness and perhaps reminded a bit of our own fickleness. It is as if we are being asked to look back at our own history with the question, are you sure you want to trust in your own abilities and wisdom alone? But when we turn to God, when we look to the history of God's relationship with us, we know that God remains faithful. We know that we can trust in God. When we acknowledge God, the way is made clear before us. And now I think we need to maybe tug on that last point just a little bit. What does it mean that if we acknowledge God, our paths will be made straight? I think that sometimes we are tempted to see this as some sort of transactional situation. If I keep God in front of me, then God will reward me. And yet, I've known very faithful people, people who read the Bible diligently, who pray multiple times a day, and have the hardest lives of anyone I know. And I know people who have a rarely touched Bible sitting on a bookshelf somewhere who float through life with ease. What do we make of this in light of our text today? For me, it comes back to trust and faith. As I was preparing this week, I couldn't help thinking about this on, during Wednesday morning's class with the women's Bible study. Right now, we are exploring some relatively simple spiritual practices that we can incorporate into our lives to give us a little structure and to lead us deeper into love of God and our neighbor. This week's habit called on us to read scripture first thing in the morning, before picking up our phones to check notifications and emails, before engaging with the news, and before hopping onto social media to see what all of our friends are up to. Now on the surface, this seems like a very simple practice. But we all pretty much admitted that it was far more difficult than we thought it would be. We live in a world that encourages both constant busyness and constant distraction. We get constant notifications right in our pockets most of the time about something that needs to be done for work or something that's going on in the world or how many likes our most recent post on Facebook is getting. When we let those notifications drive our lives, we are controlled by the narrative that they are setting for us. When we let ourselves mindlessly scroll through Facebook or Instagram, we allow distraction to set our agenda for us. So as simple as it seems, turning to scripture first thing in the morning reminds us right at the start of the day that we are beloved. We are reminded of God's grace, of God's mercy, of God's love and God's faithfulness. 
And then we are able to live the rest of our day trusting in that message for our lives and sharing that same love with the rest of the world through our words and through our deeds. Our way becomes straight because we are focused on loving the world as completely and as deeply as God loves each of us. This is an act of trust, an act of faith, And just this slightest bit of structure to our day can guide us and lead us in more fulfilling directions. Our paths are made straight, not because God rewards us for some action that we have taken, but because God is always faithful. And placing our trust in God's love for us gives us purpose and direction. The prophet Isaiah gives support to this idea. When we look to our verse from Isaiah today, we are told that God is our salvation. It is not through our own actions, not through our own deeds, not through our own thoughts that we are saved. God is our salvation. In other words, God remains faithful. And because of this, we can trust in God and not be afraid. As we read this, we must also remember that we often read Isaiah during Advent and Lent at Christmas. And we read Isaiah because the prophet speaks of the Messiah, the ideal version of Israel that God is sending into the world. Isaiah knew that the Messiah was coming, though he could not know exactly when. And so in this section of the prophet's writing, he's been speaking of the root of Jesse and all that, the one, that this one will bring about for Israel and for the world. And so he starts this chapter with the phrase, on that day, meaning the time when the Messiah has come. He is saying here that on that day when the Messiah has come, this is what we will say. We will say that surely God is our salvation, and so we will trust and not be afraid. On that day, we will realize that it is through no action of our own, not by our own abilities or strength or might, that we are saved. We are saved by God's strength, because God is the one who is faithful. And so we can trust in God to deliver us. We can trust in God to save us. We can trust and not be afraid. But we also recognize that this is hard to do. We have all been hurt by others. Some of us are in pain because of the trust we have placed in others. Some of us have been treated wrongly by those we have trusted. Some of us have been treated violently by those we have trusted the most in our lives. Trust does not always come easy. How do we trust one we cannot see when those we can see are often so undeserving of our trust? How can we trust in one we cannot see when what we see around us is pain and despair? When we are surrounded by lies and mistruths, we can trust in God's truth. When we are surrounded by vipers with only hatred in their hearts, we can trust in God's love for us. When we are unjustly attacked by those who want to destroy us, we can trust in God's grace. We trust because God remains faithful. 
We trust because when we look to the Bible, we are reminded of God's long relationship with humanity, with each of us. We trust because even though we don't always receive in the way that we expect, God remains faithful to all that has been promised to us. God's strength and might hold us up when we fail on our own. This reminds me of the hobbits in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. In this story, a fellowship comes together to try to destroy a ring that can be used to enslave others and cause pain and destruction for the world. And so a single hobbit, Frodo, steps forward to volunteer to bear the ring to the place that it needs to go to be destroyed. He knows the task needs to be done, and he places his trust in a group of others that choose to go with him on this journey. But sadly, his trust is betrayed by one early in the journey, and so Frodo decides he can't trust anyone, and he must set out on his own. But his closest friend, Sam, refuses to leave his side. Sam remains faithful through everything that follows, never giving Frodo a reason to doubt him. Near the end of the journey, Frodo admits that he does not have the strength to go on alone. He cannot complete this task that is before him by himself. And Sam, ever faithful, tells Frodo that while he cannot complete the task for him, he can provide the strength to support Frodo to complete the task. Speaking of the ring and the completion of, the destruct, of its destruction, Sam tells Frodo, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Sam remained faithful to Frodo, offering him his strength even as Frodo had pushed him away and tried to do it all on his own for much of the journey. But in the end, it was Sam's faithfulness and strength that allowed Frodo to succeed in destroying that ring. Sam's support made clear the path before Frodo. Hopefully we can see here similarities to our relationship with God. We push God away. We trust in our own abilities. We try to do everything on our own. Even so, God remains faithful to us. God's strength and faithfulness allow us to succeed in our vocation as members of the body of Christ. God's love and mercy and grace make straight the paths before us. So let us trust in God's faithfulness in the face of lies and gossip and baseless attacks. Let us trust in God's faithfulness in the face of uncertainty. Let us trust in God's faithfulness in the face of hatred and fear. For God is our strength and our salvation. God is our support, and God's love never fails.